Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, this is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Uh, hey, it's been a little while. Um, I have been pretty busy. Um, my band, The Order of Israel, finally decided to uh, ride off into the sunset. And we've been having a bit of a sail on the uh, on the web store. So uh, it's been my job to pack records and send them. And uh, that has been taking a bunch of my time. Uh, it has uh, given me the opportunity to watch a bunch of uh, documentaries while I've been doing that. You know, like, like quote-unquote, real TV, real movies. You really have to watch the screen all the time. Or at least that would uh, that would be ideal. But the nice thing about documentaries is you can be doing kind of other stuff while you're watching them because so much of the information is um, in the, the dialogue, in what people are saying. So... Um, it's uh, yeah, that's been kind of interesting. I've been watching a lot, watching a lot of kind of true crime stuff, which I always feel a little bit um, like it's so. There's some obviously the the kind of like the extremity of it and stuff is so um, titillating in a way, and uh, I, I feel a bit. I'm not sure it should be used as kind of entertainment for people because real people suffered in very real ways. Um, but, uh, man, you can't help but get fascinated by it. Um, I watched the one about the Yorkshire Ripper and I watched that one about the, the guy who uh, killed cats and filmed that. It's a, a cool series called Don't Fuck With Cats. Uh, that was super interesting as well. But um, yeah, at least that uh, that initial round of record packing is done. So here we are, ready to record. And uh, yeah, nice to um, nice to be talking Star Wars. I gotta say. Now I want to start with a bit of a little like a a little bit of a fun thing that popped up. I think like today slash yesterday. Um, could be something. Could be nothing. This, uh, there's a woman who, uh, she, I think she's a journalist or an, uh, she's a writer of some kind. Apparently she um, interviewed Ryan Johnson just recently and um, happened to ask him whether, um, whether his Star Wars trilogy, because it was announced as a trilogy, we'll call it Ryan's trilogy, if it was, uh, the, apparently she asked him if it was still on because all signs have been pointing to no. Um, his films were not mentioned during the investor uh, call um, where they, when they announced all those other projects. Um, and the fact that the the Last Jedi, while uh, being, you know, it was received extremely well by critics um, and extremely well by half the fan base. Um, the other half, as you may have heard, did not like it at all. Um, so I think that most people felt that like Lucasfilm would be kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit by uh, bringing him back to do more films, even though they uh, they loved the guy. You know, they had a great time. Kathleen Kennedy said uh, working on The Last Jedi was like one of the highlights of her entire career. Uh, which is is nice to hear. Um, as I have said on the show before, um, it's it, there are chunks of that movie that I don't like super much. Um, it's probably my least favorite of the the Disney era. Um, but having said that, it also has some of my absolute favorite moments in the entire saga. Uh, man, I mean it's. I'm not sure how you can watch that Snoke throne room scene and not be super jazzed about it. I love that scene. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, and I agree with what a lot of people have said, which is that um, the problem, quote-unquote problem with the films, with that film was um, really 100% about 
their treatment of legacy characters, specifically Luke Skywalker, and that um, if it had been a brand new story that didn't involve uh, characters that had been loved for decades at that point, uh, then the reaction would have been uh, vastly different. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that um, whether, you know, when I... Because, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in love with what they did with Luke, but I also uh, really appreciate it in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. And um, if I kind of, <laughs> if I decide in my head to like it, then I really like it. Um, uh, but there are things about the film that I think are not great or are not, um, that aren't really like Star Wars-y enough in a way. I remember before the film came out, there was this some kind of like exhibition or something where they were showing costumes from the film ahead of the film's release. And they were showing a lot of the evening wear from Canto Bite. And I remember thinking, that, that's like, that doesn't really look like Star Wars at all. But I gave it the benefit of the doubt. doubt and now in retrospect, I still don't think it really looks like Star Wars. Um, and that whole sequence I thought was, was not that, um, not that great. Um, even though that like the, uh, yeah, I didn't think the th sequence was great. I didn't think the like, yeah, that kind of like, war's bad, you know, and making money off war is bad too, you know? It's like, yes, we know that this is a, you know, good guys, bad guys mythology. It's not really, yeah. Um... So even if uh, you know take out this the the you know Luke character stuff out of it, I still think there's stuff that wouldn't have really hit the spot for me personally. But I mean, Ryan Johnson has done some cracker films. Like I mean, it's no secret, Knives Out was uh, such a good movie. Um, Looper was such a good movie. Brick was killer. Like. The dude knows what he's doing, and um, there's every chance that if he uh, gets a kind of like a a fresh swing at things, that uh, it's it's going to be amazing. And um, hopefully, even uh, even the loudest doofuses online will um, <laughs> will give him give a give him a chance. So let's see what happens. I mean, we won't know until we know. Like, uh, it is, you know, it isn't a good sign that they haven't even been mentioned for so long. But, um, I mean, it could very well just be that, A, like Lucasfilm goes, all right, we need to, we need, like, we need to let, let the heat kind of, uh, we need to let things cool down uh, before we bring Ryan back for anything. And he's busy anyway, so it works out for everyone, you know. Could be as simple as that. Let's see. Uh, the other big news, of course, was that uh, it was revealed that Gina Carano would not be involved any longer with uh, with any Star Wars projects. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't agree with or like what, you know, the stuff that she's been posting or saying or anything like that. Um, and I think it was the right decision. Um, having said that, I also think it's important for people to uh, not be too overdramatic about things. Um, yeah, I just, in a way, like, I'm, I'm a left-wing person, um, so that, you know, my natural bias is to be like, yep, that was great, good, good, we don't need her anyway. Um, but at the same time, I... It drives me crazy when I see like people on the other side of things being like kind of just over, just overdoing it and being like ridiculous and so hyperbolic about stuff. And I just feel like we need to be better than that. And um, I don't know. I just think you know, like the the post that broke the camel's back in a way where like finally like Lucasfilm actually said something. Uh, which was that thing comparing being a Republican or being a conservative to um, 
being you know being a Jewish pers- person in uh, during the Holocaust. I mean, it's it's really stupid and ignorant. Um, but you know, people have said it was anti-Semitic, which I'm not sure it was. So I just yeah, I just want the. I don't uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I, I, I of course don't like what she was saying, and uh, so that's. Uh, I don't disagree with her getting uh, getting the boot, and also as I've said probably on here uh, on this podcast, I never liked her. I didn't think she's. I don't think she's a good act, actor. Sorry. <laughs> um, I I thought there there's been certain scenes in The Mandalorian where she's been pretty good, um, but a lot of scenes where it's it really looks like an inexper- inexperienced person giving it their best shot, which uh, I just think we can do better. And um, yeah, so all in all, I'm totally fine with that. Um, now, uh, obviously. I think all all Star Wars people are kind of, um, you know, it's so easy to get addicted to that weekly rush, you know, while the during that two months that the Mandalorian season two was on, and um, yeah, I I miss it, <laughs> I really do. Uh, thankfully, um, WandaVision has to some extent taken its place, although. I watch each episode of WandaVision once, whereas I would watch each episode of The Mandalorian at least three times uh, before the next one came out. But um, yeah, that show is uh, going awesomely. Um, It's nice that, yeah, everyone seems to be really positive about it. There were a few people who were a bit confused in the beginning, (laughs) Um, but I hope they have stuck with it and uh, realized that uh, it's fantastic stuff, really good. Um, I have to say, uh, some stuff I've been really enjoying is the the Marvel kind of uh, behind the scenes slash documentary stuff that's on Disney Plus. Today I watched um, one one thing called Behind the Mask, and that was fantastic. And I watched two episodes of a series called Six One Six. Can someone write to me and explain that? I guess I can Google it. I don't know what the reference is. The show is called 616. I guess I should just look it up. Um, I've watched the first two episodes. The first episode was about specifically the Japanese version of Spider-Man, the, t- the TV series that was um, made. I think it was on air between 1977 to 78. Um and about how it came to be and how, um, yeah, just uh, how it was created. I don't know. It, it was wonderful to see because the, um, like, I'm not a big Godzilla fan. I'm not a big, like, Kamen Rider watcher. Like, those kind of, like, goofy Japanese um, kind of Power Rangers style shows from the 70s and 80s. Like, I appreciate their cheesy goodness. Um, but I, I've never really watched them. Um, so it was really fun to see them talk about how um, that show was put together in Japan. And obviously, I lived in Japan for 10 years. So sometimes I have a bit of a nice nostalgic experience when I'm watching, you know, Jap- people, Japanese people be interviewed. And um, the guy who played, you know, quote unquote, Peter Parker. Um, it was a you know I don't it wasn't Peter Parker in the Japanese version of someone else, um, who played that main role. What a charmer! Like ah, oh, what a lovely human being. He's just so um, so warm and and lovable. And um, I cried at the end. It was just so like this guy. I think I didn't really recognize him. So I don't think he's a super famous actor, probably, but he's um, he apparently has you know continued acting all the way up to the present day, and that was his first big role. And he was so grateful and just overcome with um, 
with feeling at looking back at it and how much he enjoyed it and how much it meant to him. There's this beautiful thing like his father had passed away like not long before he shot it and then in the actual show like the character's father passes away and it was, oh, it's just, it really got me. And then I watched the second episode and it was um, focusing on the on the women of Marvel, um, creators and characters and I cried again. Like <laughs> they are really. I mean, you put that kind of like emo- have emotion now music behind something, and maybe I'm just like I'm gonna. It's like easy to make me, <laughs> to make me have a an emotional response to stuff if you put the right music behind it. But um, just to um, I don't know what it is. Is it past life stuff? But when I whenever I see like um stuff about women kind of rising up and taking their place in the in the center of things and um, fighting oppression and I, it just gets gets me somehow I love it um, so whew, it's been, <laughs> it's been a lot of a lot of great emotional responses to, to uh, stuff that I wouldn't have guessed would have had that uh, uh, that effect on me Really nice. All right. Um, now, something that I watched this week. All right. Okay, let's start at the beginning for this. The final episode of season two of The Mandalorian was definitely one of the biggest like uh, events in Star Wars fandom in recent times. Luke... Luke's return. Um, I mean, people went crazy for it. It really, it really worked for for people. And um, I haven't really said this until now on the podcast because uh, I really want people to like. It's it seems like for ninety five percent at least of the fandom, this was an incredible moment, and they loved it. And I just I don't I don't like to piss on people's chips if if I can avoid it. Um, but I liked it, but actually I didn't love it. <laughs> there I said it. Uh, yeah. Um, and I you know try I tried to put I've tried to put my finger on what it is. I. To me, like the body language of whoever the double was that was doing the action parts, I, it just didn't read as Luke to me. You know, when you see, you know, like how sensitive we are to face, like you can re- like facial recognition or like, like sometimes you you must have had this experience where you see someone from like a hundred meters away and um, like facing the other direction and you're like, oh, I think that's Dave. And then the person turns around, yeah, it was Dave. Like we're really good at recognizing people, um, and there was something about the body language of the of who, whoever was like doubling for Mark during the action scenes that didn't quite read as Luke to me. Um, and I thought that the just the choreography of it was a bit like average. It just didn't cook quite as hard as it could have. Like when you watch like the Vader scene, that's an obvious reference. Um, but it, you know, like almost any action scene from the um from the modern era of Star Wars, I think, is much more dynamic and stylish. Um now so and then of course we have the like CG face at the end. So all in all, I I love the concept. Um I wanted it to be Luke. I loved the like the single X-wing. That was fantastic. Um but it did it just didn't quite didn't quite land for me the way uh I wanted it to. And I feel jealous of all these other people who had a 10 out of 10 Star Wars experience with it. 
Um, but, you know, like having said that, I loved the whole episode and I loved the season. So I'm happy, you know, it's good. Um, but, I, you know, I have, I've watched it like again and again. And recently, you know, I've, I just finished rewatching that second season of The Mandalorian again. And, you know, kind of trying to get into the bottom of why I, I didn't feel it to the degree that um, a lot of people did. Um, now, something happened that uh, gave me a bit of a clue. Um, I had seen an edit like this before, but it got taken down for copyright infringement, I guess. Um, now, there's one that it's still up. Um, so hopefully it'll stick around for a while, but, um, someone took that scene and, um, put a piece of music over it. That is, I believe from a Force Awakens trailer. I think it's from the one where you get Maz Kanata at the end saying, you know, like the force is calling to you, just let it in or whatever. I mean, that's, it. it's not, I mean, it's John Williams' themes, but it's been arranged by someone else. So, um, so yeah, I, I saw that and it was getting, I was seeing a few people sharing it uh, or it was turning up in, you know, on other websites. So I thought, okay, maybe this is a well done one and I'm going to check it out. So I watched it and I have to say with that, with that music on there, a huge percentage of my um, my reservations about the scene went away. And I realized that I really, really, I don't like the music in the scene. <laughs> I think it's really dull and really like, nah, I don't like it. So, um, Sorry, I'm just moving around here because I've got to grab my phone. Um, let me see. Okay, I'm going to play it. So, like, you, ca you can't see it, obviously, but you get to hear what the music sounds like, more or less. Um, I think you'll get the idea. Now, I think the, yeah, the first thing you see here is Baby Grogu seeing uh, Luke and the dark troopers on the monitor. Luke goes into the, sh the, the, the lift. Come in, come on. You gotta watch it, guys. It's amazing. Um, now we have, um, yeah, Luke coming through the door. So, yeah, I mean, 
on the one hand, I, I like I'm, I'm very aware that you can't you can't just go like, all right, let's just copy the same shit again. Uh, you have to create stuff new. But I, I also feel like if you're gonna go like Luke in the like exact same outfit that he wore in Return of the Jedi, the green saber, just go all in and just like. Yeah, so I just, yeah, if you want to check it out on YouTube, it is Luke Skywalker hallway scene re-edited with Luke's fight theme slash The Mandalorian. Um, yeah. It's a bit frustrating because I just think if that if it had been musically like that, then I would be just as into this as every everyone else. <laughs> <sighs> Star Wars fandom. It is a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. All right. Um, I've been having some fun with my Star Wars uh, little collection that's slowly growing. Um, I've got, yeah, some more figures on the way. Uh, I have discovered a couple of sh like, uh, like sh shelf areas, I guess, in my kitchen that I didn't know about. So I'm going to chuck my some of the like less favorite figures up on those. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the main section, which is the spice rack <laughs> above the, uh, above my stove. That's where the, all the, um, all the favorites are going to be. Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that kind of stuff still. I, I got my, uh, little Rogue One display worked out. I found this nice, um, kind of old, it may also be a spice rack that you put on the wall. Hmm. Or? I don't know. But it, you know, it's maybe it's it's for displaying some kind of stuff. But it's like a nice old wood. And I did, you know, it's got two levels. So I did one row with um Krennic and a stormtrooper and a death trooper, a shore trooper and a tank trooper across the top. I was tempted to throw a Vader in there because he is in Rogue One. And he's a big presence in Rogue One, but I also thought, no, nah, it's nice to ha let Krennic have his have his space. Uh, I got Vader in plenty of other places. Um, and on the bottom row, we've got uh, Jin, Chirrut, Baze, um, Sorgera, and Edrio Two Tubes, which is one of the best figures ever made. I swear to God. <laughs> And one of the, my favorite designs. Um, but it's just, it's nice, you know. It's fun to do this stuff. Something else I got my hands on uh, is, uh, was a, um, a big Starklighter figure. It's a Black Series figure. Um, and I, I mean, it's cool because uh, Biggs is great. Um, but I have to say, I think the figure is much less good than um, like the other modern figures, like especially the vintage collection figures, which are woo, lovely. Um, but it's it's still cool. Um, I have, man, I, I can't wait for this thing to turn up. I ordered like, not ordered, on uh, Tradera, I bought this um, gigantic X-Wing. It's like six, 76 centimeters by 66 centimeters or something. Um, it's some, it's basically a kid's toy from, I don't know when, the, when these were, were released, but they are, you know, it's like pretty, like a very simple thing. The wings don't open, the, the cockpit doesn't open or anything, but it's huge. Um, so I was thinking I would, it would be pretty fun to have that as a display kind of thing and grab, find myself a Luke in X-Wing gear and do a little like a display kind of thing with uh luke and biggs having their chat uh from the special edition under the x-wing um also i want to try my hand at painting and weathering that thing does anyone know if it's okay to like paint regular toys rather than models is it a different plastic do i need to care about that i don't know but it's uh you know it's a very clean looking and uh it's going to be fun to weather it and make it look uh, like a bit more like the real thing and uh, it's big man that's uh, that's craziness all right I also found so uh, the people out there might be familiar with the um, uh, 
the Miko disco version of the Star Wars theme. It's called like a galactic funk version. Um, I found that LP actually, and I've got it uh, set up in my house just as a kind of fun item to have. Um, man, that artwork is really good. I love how the f the whole first side is like you know Star Wars theme, Imperial March, Force theme, blah blah blah, and then <laughs> side two is just other galactic funk. <laughs> track one, other. Track two, galactic. Track three, funk. Ah, oh, that makes me laugh. Um, I don't actually have a functioning turntable at the moment, so that's pretty boring. But um, yeah. I ended up paying 17 crowns for it. <laughs> Score! All right, that was nice. Okay. Since I finished um, the J.W. Rinsler's The Making of The Empire Strikes Back, I've been hoeing into the Star Wars costumes book. Sorry. Just grabbing it. It's so good, man. Like... If, if you, like Amanda, <laughs> are one of these, uh, like, uh, the very few who are into Star Wars and also into costuming and uh, tailor tailoring, then oh, this is really the book for you. But even if you're, like, just interested in, you know, interested in all the behind-the-scenes stuff for Star Wars, this book is incredible. And, like, the photos of the, of the costumes are gorgeous. Um, Amanda's lovely boyfriend Peter actually made his own bush costume at one point, which I have to get him to pull out of um, out of storage for me because I want to see it. But um, I have to give that costume special special mention. Oh, like it looks awesome in the film, but uh, these beautiful, like beautifully shot photos of that costume just show how amazing it was like it's so well made and like the weathering on it is so cool the the the, the leather and stuff that they use is like it just looks incredible that's why i love these kind of books like it just like i feel like i'm almost like sinking into the the star wars galaxy in a way when i look at this stuff Anyway, uh, there were a couple of fun things that I wanted to uh, share. Here's the first. So, um, maybe I'm slow, but did anyone else not notice that the TIE Fighter helmet is basically a like a rebel, like an X-Wing fighter pilot helmet and then a Stormtrooper mask glued together. Because it never occurred to me. Like, it literally is an X-Wing fighter pilot helmet and a, and a Stormtrooper mask stuck together. <laughs> and when, when I read that and I just looked at the picture and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I never noticed that. Oh, maybe I'm just a bit slow. I don't know. But uh, that was really weird. Uh, the other fun thing that I wanted to share from the book was uh, this little bit of information about uh, Bib Fortuna. Now, um, you know, people have, have uh, talked before about um, about how George would um, like write down bits of gobbledygook that his kid said that he thought was like cute or sounded fun or sounded cool and turn them into... Um, like character names or species names. I think um, Jar Jar was probably one of those things. No, Gungan was, yeah. I think like his son said the word Gungan or Gungan, Gungan as uh, George says, because I don't know why someone has to ask him. Anyway, I had never heard this before. Here we go. Um, okay, so it, it, this is a... Um, this is talking about a Polaroid that's included in the book here. Uh, so this is a continuity photo for the male Twi'lek, whose name, 
allegedly allegedly occurred to Lucas when putting a bib for tuna on his young daughter at the dinner table. So they were gonna be they were gonna eat tuna, and he had to put had to put a bib on his daughter. So bib for tuna, apparently, came from that. How about that? Man, that's a good one. <laughs> I think if I was George, I would do that kind of shit as well, to be honest. All right, let's do. Let's have some fun with the the sounds book. If I can find it. Here we go. Star Wars sound effects. Let's have ourselves a bit of a game. So, uh, yeah, I will pick a number at random. We'll see if I can name the sound effect. We're going to go for number 14. Let's have a listen. Hmm. Is that R2-D2's leg, maybe? That's my guess. I'm going to lock in that answer. R2-D2's leg. Let's see what it says. 14... Just a moment. Fourteen. Ah, I was close. It's R2's head motor. So the sound, you know, when he like turns his head. Oh, I was close. All right, good. Let's do another one. Um, here we go. Seventy-one. Let's give it a shot. Yes, I thought that's what... Okay, so my guess on that one is X-Wing um, X wing engine and then, uh, like, going into takeoff. Let's take a look. 71. Yep. It says uh, X-Wing warming up. Woohoo! Tom wins. All right. Now, I just... I try to avoid negativity or being a dickhead. But sometimes I can't avoid it because I guess sometimes I am a dickhead. But um, it bothers me uh, when I'm trying to, you know, when I'm when I'm on social media. Let's say Instagram, for example, and so a certain uh, part of the fandom can't let, you know, can't let the official Star Wars account just like a can't they can't let them post anything without crying and screaming oh the sequels are so bad blah 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 and i don't think that you know um so but but you know when you see that kind of negativity enough times you start to wonder like maybe i'm wrong <laughs> maybe they are terrible films but Yesterday, was it? Two days ago. Um, the Star Wars account put up on Instagram a picture. It's from Attack of the Clones. You might remember it, where um, Anakin and Padme are on this chariot thing. And they're about to be taken out into the arena. And they're kind of in the dark. And you can see through this archway into the arena. And... They have the, the sparkling dialogue. I truly, deeply love you. And I just think, even if you love all the Star Wars movies, and if you love Attack of the Clones, I'm not sure how you could ever defend that particular relationship, especially in that film. I think it's one of the worst on-screen romances of all time. The acting is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. There's no chemistry whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned. So I think, all right, let's look at the comments. And 
all the comments are like, oh, I love this scene. Oh, my heart. Oh, it's so great. I love these two. Heart, heart, heart. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, Ray doesn't satisfy the training quota for you, so, like, the sequels are terrible. But this is okay. So the, uh, I just, for, in a way, I felt relieved. And the quote, uh, Rick's quote from Rick and Morty came to mind. Your booze mean nothing. I've seen what makes you cheer. Because if this gets a pass, not even a pass, but an enthusiastic hurrah, then I don't need to care what you think about the rest of the films. Sorry, you have bad taste in movies. Okay, negativity over. Let's get back into the fun. It's time to watch some Solo. All right, uh, we're on Vandor. Um, I think that it is Han and Chewie, and they are just heading off with... Um, Tobias Beckett to meet uh, Dryden Voss. Ah, look at this. I mean, Vandal looks incredible and uh, Dryden Voss's yacht flying through the air there looks really good. It's kind of fun when you like rewatch stuff in sections like this. Like you, things, uh, there are things that jump out at you a little bit more because, um, your attention is working a bit differently. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, I have to say what a beautifully made film it is. Like, the sets, the, the costumes, the cinematography. Amazing. Look at him. Ah, oh, flipping the thingy-me-jig. The, the DL-44 blaster going in there. Oh, I never noticed all those... Um, all those buildings and stuff on the side of the mountain before. Okay, this is amazing. Hang on, listen. That Star Wars goodness. That cool woman singing and then you've got fish in a tank next to her and he's this little fish and but he sings really low and that is funny. It's funny because like on the soundtrack, he actually sings in this really high voice. So... Obviously, it got changed, but which was first, the high voice or the low? Hmm. This is our introduction to Dryden Voss. He's got the scary, stripy bits on his face. Man, and this is a really cool idea. I think they're called the decraniated. It's people who've had basically the entire tops of their heads removed like everything from the basically from the eyes up is gone and they're just like turned into basically mindless automatons i love it yeah i mean this is like this is hardly like one of the like most exciting scenes in the film but watching it this way where you're not actually watching the movie it's i can just it's just nice to see these great costumes and um yeah i really like it you get to see some imperial officers being entertained this is good <laughs> this little pixie guy i'm l looking forward to uh seeing chewy do the do the whole um Ah, oh, here we go. All right. And Akira's back in the story. Amelia Clark looking pretty amazing, I gotta say. Um You know, it's it's a little bit it's one of those things where it's like when you have these uh you know, how are we gonna get them to meet again and uh, you just get one of them to say hi. It seems like not super dynamic. It's kind of like how Chirrut and um, Baze are introduced in Rogue One, where like, how are we going to introduce these characters? Just have one of them go like, hello, <laughs> I'm in the movie now. 
Uh, it feels a little bit like that, but um, Amelia Clark plays this part super well, where she's like, she's genuinely happy to see Han. She doesn't hold a grudge at all that he got at, got away. Um, but this kind of like, um, she knows that. <sighs> She's kind of still under the thumb of uh, of these, you know, underworld people. It's quite uh, sad, actually. Um, but yeah, I like Han's outfit here. It's a good suede, brown suede jacket that I, I really like. <laughs> We've got Chewie knocking down a couple of drinks and spilling half of one down his face. Very nice. Um, yeah. I continue to see kind of the same thing on, you know, in, in uh, fan groups and stuff where people are like, hey, this movie was actually pretty good. Um, it's nice to see that, but I also get like annoyed. I'm like, of course it was good. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why didn't you go see it in the cinema? Then we would have had a, a, a part two by now. We wouldn't have just had a part two. We'd have had a, a whole range of other standalone films. I don't know. Maybe the TV series are going to be um, a great replacement for all that. Um, I might not even miss it. But I just think the visual... Splendor of the films can't really be reproduced on the, a TV budget. But, mm, man, Dryden Voss, like, it doesn't stand out like a, a Vader or a Jabba the Hutt or something, but he is um, really, like, authentic, excuse me, authentically menacing. I think that's... Um, in a way, like scarier than a like like a really like out and loud villain, where it's this kind of like barely restrained kind of uh, viciousness. It's good. Um, now I think you know what because I've rewatched this film a lot of times at this point, so I've come to realize like okay. This is my favorite. This is my, my less favorite. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. I have to mention. So uh, Voss has a bunch of interesting stuff in his um, in his uh, quarters, including a suit of Mandalorian armor, which is cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as I was saying, you get to know, you know, what your favorite or less least favorite scenes are. And I have to say like this kind of this bit of exposition where they basically set up the uh the the, the uh, whatever comes next, you know, the um the castle run. It's exposition. Hard to make exposition exciting. Um so it's still a cool scene, but it's um I think I've had the thought at least a couple of times when watching it that it's the only kind of scene in the whole film where my um where I feel less excited or less uh less engaged I guess you would say but um hmm been uh thinking about I think I, this is, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, into guns, you know, I never owned one or shot one or anything, but I am into fake fan space fantasy guns and especially low slung holsters. Now, most people wouldn't know this, but my band Night Viper, one of my early extremely awesome ideas for a band name was low slung holster <laughs> because i love han solo's low slung holster um uh, i still love it and i wish i could have one 
while I was just walking around doing, you know, normal stuff. But there is the question of what would it be for? Should I get one made just to put a, like a phone in? Is that stupid to have a low slung holster just for your cell phone? Kind of stupid. What else could I put in there? An umbrella maybe? Could it be almost like so you see in the uh in the um in the the character art for the for the High Republic um the Jedi instead of doing like like what you see with Luke where it's like just like clipped onto like a it's like a loop on the end of the saber that he just hooks up puts on a hook kind of they have these kind of like saber holsters so maybe you can have that for but for an umbrella I don't know what else can I put in there any ideas anyone a banana hmm I don't know I like these two I have to say Kira and Han are a good pair I reckon Dude, like, they have to bring her back. Like, I think it's uh, the way the film ends with uh, her taking off and <laughs> it kind of feels like she's betraying him. But if you just put a bit of thought into it, you realize that she is saving his life, which is a very cool thing. Oh, shout out to Yulnas as uh, as Chewy. What a dude! He's so he's such a like, just that kind of person you want to have in the um, in the Star Wars galaxy. Now, we are about to jump into the scene uh, where we meet Lando Calrissian. So I'm going to save that till the next episode because that is tasty business. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you're all doing all right out there. Um, it will be... Yeah, I, I haven't uh, had the chance to have a read of uh, Claudia Gray's Into the Dark yet, the next book in the, um, in the High Republic series because it's not out on Kindle yet, but I will get onto that. All right, uh, track me down on social media if you want to say hi. Uh, thanks, everyone. This has been Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. <laughs> <laughs>